You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. What is up, Ball Blast Podcast? Hey, hey. Hey. We have a great episode for you today. You stop that. That's my line. Oh, I took it from you. You did. You mean you stole it. You stole my line. We are the Ball Blast Podcast, proudly part of the Fantrax Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And we have a very special guest for you today. Kate. Yeah? You used that line last week. So we ha- Who's more specialer? <gasps> you stop that. I can't just pick one. Like, mm. that would be wrong. So, so we, you're just going to use the same line of both guys, huh? That doesn't yeah. make anyone feel special. We'll make them feel special. We, uh, this week, we have Matt freaking Harmon. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. The wide receiver guru, creator of the Reception Perception. Uh, the go-to guy for wide receiver fantasy analysis. He... He has some awesome content out there. It's so good. Rookies, he's, uh, veterans. He's now got his content over in the Ultimate Draft Kit at the Fantasy Footballers. you got to check it out. Please, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter. I'm Kate at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Michelle at Ball Blastem. Ball Blast EM. Don't cut me off. I need to explain how to find my Twitter page. You are right, because Ball Blastem. Ball Blastem. Um. I feel like, guys, it's probably pretty annoying that I always spell it out, but yeah. sometimes I feel like it's necessary. Um, um, you might just um, be confused, and I don't want people to have a hard time finding me. Like, what if they wrote easy. in ball blast in the letter M? Yeah, or um, U M. Because you are Michelle. I like don't pronunciate very well. It could just it could get a mess. So I'm just gonna keep spelling it, and you're just gonna all um, have to deal with it. Um. Mm. You can also find us over at Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/ballblast. We've got some cool things coming up for our patrons over on the website. Um, We've got a cool Slack chat for our subscribers. We've got um, a weekly podcast coming up for those of you who are kind enough to support us in all of our weird adventures right now. Um, Extra episode a week. Extra episode a week, yes. Uh, We'll answer any questions you want. Heck yeah. We try to answer them anyway, but this is... We're going to start making some... This is going to be a super focused effort. We're going to start making some t-shirts, some koozies, because we we love our koozies. Yeah, well, we need koozies for all the the beer chugging we're apparently going to be doing, because that was a hit. Yeah, people like... People want to hear us chug, so more of that will be coming in the future, for sure. Oh, of course. Um, And also, you might just want to save us from our impending death... Uh, it's a little hot in our studio right now. We're recording in our attic. Um, and heat 900 rises. degrees? Heat rises. Do you think it's 900? At least 950. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we didn't think this through. There's no AC in our... It's a furnished attic, and this is where our studio is. We did not think that through for summertime in Pittsburgh. It's bad. It's Pittsburgh. It's it shouldn't pretty be bad. that hot. We don't have it's sun a, here. It's 87 degrees and finally sunny, and we're going to die throughout this episode. So you're welcome, everybody. So when the, the air waves just go silent... Yeah, that's what happened. But let's get into this. Yeah, let's do this. So 
We're going to be hitting up some news and notes. We're going to hit up some wide receivers. And then we're going to prepare for Mr. Matt Harmon. It'll be a great episode. Oh, it's going to be so good. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Breaking news. Breaking news. I have to say, I'm kind of astounded at the like number of breaking news items that we actually have to talk about in the off season. Yeah, I mean, going into each week, you think is like, what are we going to talk about this week? And then there's always something else that happens every single week. This week, Jets GM Mike McCagnin fired. Interesting. Yeah. Coach Adam Gase apparently did not want to sign Mr. Le'Veon Bell for his price. Let's, yeah. let's okay, get a little, okay. bit, right? a little bit of context. All right. Um, I don't know what to think about this other than the fact that the Jets as an organization are kind of a mess. I take kind it Kind of as, a mess. I, a lot of a mess. They're a mess for sure. But also it's interesting to me that Le'Veon Bell goes somewhere for what, a month now and there's already all this drama? I think the bigger news. I, no, I think the bigger coincidence is that sort of Adam Gase has this. I don't know. I talked about it on the podcast last week. He just seems to be a very grumpy man. He seems to sort of cause these little waves wherever he goes. I feel like it's the Adam Gase curse. I don't know why anyone would, you know, think that Le'Veon Bell would be such a great fit in an Adam Gase offense when he's never really shown to make any of his offensive weapons. He's this great, this great weapon. Um, his teams always end up being a little bit more competitive than you would think so like yeah. the miami dolphins each year you always think that they're easy they're pushovers and they always are you know win a little bit more games than you like would think Lions. yes they are the epitome of a seven and nine team forever but yeah and i don't know if that had to do with adam gase or not but we'll see how he does in in new york and there's been some rumors on Twitter, at least, that Le'Veon Bell might get traded before no. the season. I don't think that happens. No. I think Adam Gase just didn't want to pay up for a running back, which, which is, is totally reasonable. Which is why most teams did not. Yeah. Nobody did. Um, they were bidding against themselves, just which just makes the GM look bad. Whether it be the owner or the GM was pushing for it. Either way, it makes the franchise look bad because they were literally just bidding against themselves. Um, because the rest of the NFL was smart enough to realize, yeah, you don't need to pay a running back. Well, the Ravens were totally in the mix, right, Michelle? Yeah, even though, yeah they were ah. totally in the mix, even though they never once spoke to him or his <laughs> agent. So whatever. I, I, I don't the, know what to do with this piece of news. All it is, it's drama, a mess, yeah. and I'm happy he's gone. And I understand I'm a salty Steelers fan. Don't come at me. It's fine. At least you're honest. Eric Ebron is recovering from a groin surgery. Had sort of a, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, a great 2018 season. Um, yeah, 13 being away from <laughs> Being away from Detroit really agreed with him, I think. Uh, did really well in Indy. He was a touchdown monster. Didn't see a lot of usage down the field, but in the red zone, complete beast. Mm-hmm. Um he was sort of injured. He had a lot of bumps and bruises in 2018. Played all 16 games, but groin surgery. Yeah, yeah that's interesting, um, especially because everyone's very high on him. Not me, but most people are very high on him. It's interesting with uh, Doyle coming back, Jack Doyle. He, you know, Devin Funches, Devin Funchess. It'll be interesting. I'm staying away from him before this information, and now with this information, that makes me a little, even a little bit more worried because groin injuries can just tend linger. to linger. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Barreta says, all three backs are going to be used a lot. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Shut I, up, Matt. I know. So, I mean, Mapparate is good, and he should be used. That's what's Which scary. is why it sucks to have all three of these yeah. talented running backs all in the same system. So, Jarek McKinnon, Mapparate, Tevin Coleman, they all deserve to be used. They ranked 11 in the league when it came to rushing attempts in 2018. They had 413 total rushing attempts. So, there is room for these backs. It's just like, who's going to be their main guy? Who, who would you say would be their main guy? They're all very similar backs. They're all sort of these hybrid guys who I can't see sustaining a full work workload. They're not workhorse, like downhill runners, which I guess is sort of why you have three, right? Because you can give them all sort of a miniature workload. And they're, yeah, I mean, at least McKinnon and Breda are pretty injury prone. Myself. I would say Breda. I'm still okay. highest on Breda. Oh, wow. And I think you can get them for the cheapest, too. You can get them for the cheapest. And. Breda right now, like everybody that had McKinnon last year, you were kind of stuck on him. You, he tore his ACL. He might be a little slow to come back. I know it was before the season last year, so it, you might see him progress through camp and, and do pretty well, but he's still going to need some time to acclimate back to actual playing time. Yeah. Breda did extremely well. He was injured. Do you remember seeing every single play he hobbled off the field? Yeah, he refused to come out of the game. He just kept going and kept going. And he, he was, was amazing. Warrior. He was great. But if I had a McKinnon would be my last one. I agree with you there. But Tevin Coleman, I just think his connection with Kyle Shanahan, he can be used. I think he's a he. I mean, he kind of did struggle as a pure runner in Atlanta when he actually had a rush for more times than he was used to. So that that's a little concerning. But he can be used in the passing game. He can game. catch the ball. He's a good runner. He's, good, he's a good enough runner. Kyle Shanahan loves him. He has that connection. So I would go with him as the lead back in that uh, in that backfield, but that doesn't really mean much. Much like he could be doesn't mean munch. 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 Uh, <laughs> I think Matt Breda though could be that guy. So last season he got 153 attempts. He wound up with 814 yards. He had average 5.3 yards per attempt, which is more than you expect from Matt Breda. I feel like everybody thought of him as sort of the smaller pass catching back, and he actually he did really well in the rushing game. The so. thing with San Fran is that any running back that gets put that back there that gets 15 carries, he's, they see the targets for the game, they're going to do great because Kyle Shanahan, wow, I can't talk today. Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan knows how to use his running backs. And, and that's actually dangerous. The smarter the coach, yeah. I don't trust you. Yeah. The smarter the coach, the more players they get involved because they know everyone can do something else. They use them to their skill set, and that's terrible for fantasy. My bet, though, for the lead back in rushing attempts is Matt Breda, and he is the cheapest right now. Go buy him. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I literally got him in the 11th round of a dynasty startup. What are you doing? He is uh, how old? 23? He's 23 years old. Come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm not high in him, but I get it. I get it. He's got a lot of opportunity there. Anyway, anyway, Marquise Brown will not participate in OTAs. He's still recovering from the Liz Frank injury. Because he was so exciting before in that Baltimore he was not a, He was not <laughs> exciting to me at all before, but everybody was hyped on the talent. I don't love the size. I think with the size of corners in the NFL, with the speed of corners, I think you just need to be a little bit bigger, have a little bit more strength. But but honestly, like, how much did we say he weighs? 
I think uh, 165. And how tall is he? 5'8". Uh, he's, well, Google says 5'9", but, you know, they Sorry. lie about that. Um, so probably at best he's 5'9". I'm sure he's 5'8". 165 pounds. That scares the crap out of me. I'm telling you, like... That's like not putting I, that much more weight on me and that much more height on me. Like, and I could, if I had to go out on the field right now on an NFL field, I would be crapping my pants. Like, how scary I do is think, that? I think talent can supersede size, which is fine. But I also think that the the offense that he was placed on, they are a rushing team. Um, I I think we will see a little bit more passing work if Lamar Jackson can sort of refine his passing game, just because of some changes in the defense. But this injury was suffered late in 2018, had a, a surgery early, um, I believe it was January or February. A 2015 study conducted at Penn State shows that NFL players return to the game between 9 and 15 months after injury. So, like, if he sees the field, do you really see him being that productive after this kind of injury? I would want to take it slow. I'm not banking on literally any production from him in 2019. So... And when I play fantasy, I look at historical stats and I don't want to ever bet against history. Like there's been a long time of the NFL and there's never been a player his size. I hear it's the hundredth year. Yeah. Well, yeah. His size, his weight that's has ever been successful. So I'm going to bet against, I'm going to bet with history on this one and say he is also not going to be successful. There is no way I touch him in 2019. There's one thing if he falls far in dynasty, take a chance on him. Fine. In a rookie draft. Fine. And you know what? I think actually that this could be a buy low opportunity. If you're really in on Hollywood Brown, when he comes out or doesn't come out, if he doesn't play or if he plays poorly and you still believe in the talent, go get him then. Yeah, go get him cheap then. But this injury scares me, and I don't think he is going to have any impact on the Ravens' offense in 2018. Let's say, Boom. But let's say it's the injury, it's the size, and then it's the offense that he's in. Say he got drafted to Kansas City. Oh, like that would be completely different. Very different. It's a lot more – I would be a lot more willing to take the risk if it didn't have all three parts included in it. Lamar Jackson just does not use his wide receivers as much as you need to to completely make your wide receivers as productive as they could be. So I'm staying off of him if he breaks out. Oh, well. I mean, someone else got him. That's what it comes down to. Patrick Peterson is suspended for six games for a PED suspension. Patrick. Pat A. I know. He's I like him. He's great. He seems like a great guy. I don't I don't know him, but are you guys best friends? Yeah. <laughs> he just seems like a really stand up guy. Is he your best friend? <laughs> he really Tell is. Me now. He might be my best friend. I want to hang out with him. He seems like a really stand up guy. He's a great cornerback in this league. I feel bad for him. I I, I mean, don't feel bad. So, typically PED suspension is 4 games. So, I was wondering why why is his PED suspension 6 games? He actually tested positive for a masking agent. So he was trying to hide his positive yeah. drug test, which is dirty. It doesn't look good. No, I, I, I do, don't like that. I know. I always wanted him to get traded to the Steelers. I think he's an awesome cornerback. But you know what this does? Do, you know what this does? Does guys? I just got so excited doo-doo? that I don't know how to speak. What it do do? <laughs> what it do do? It helps offenses, like not only oppo- opposing offenses, right? Like people who come in, the wide receiver one, because he always shuts down the wide receiver one of opponents, they may sc- score more in the first six weeks, right? Oh, absolutely. But then also... And, and actually his opening game is against the Giants, <laughs> which is going to be so fun to watch. Um, anyway. 
Sorry. Why is that going to be so fun to watch? Like, what if it's Daniel Jones and Patrick <laughs> Peterson's no like, way. nice to meet you, Daniel. There's no way Daniel Jones Oh, I would have so much fun for that. Anyways, but yeah, I don't think Daniel Jones is playing anytime soon. Hopefully. No, yeah. I don't want to watch that in the NFL. Do you want to watch Eli Manning for a few more years? No, I guess not either. I don't know what to do there. That's just a, a They lost should get cause. Odell back and have him play quarterback. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was way more entertaining than anything. But so it not only helps the opposing offenses for the first six weeks, but also if their defense is struggling because they don't have their top cornerback, then teams are going to be scoring on them more. Then they have to throw more. Kyler Murray, come on. Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk. Yeah, they got to play catch up there. Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, baby in the passing game. David Johnson. Oh, it'll be interesting. Uh, anytime defenders get suspended, go down, it, sometimes it helps out fantasy. Absolutely. You know, fantasy oh, numbers. totally. 100%. It's not something you ever root for, but if it happens, you're like, oh, well, maybe yeah, it'll help it'd be out a tricky my fantasy thing to root guy. For. The, only, the only guy I've ever rooted to be suspended was Vontez Perfect. So, yeah. All day, every day. Yeah. And now he's rejoined. Not injury, just suspended. Because he does it for himself. Like, he makes it so easy to root for because he just, he does (laughs) stupid stuff that he just gets suspended every game. So, 100%. But I will be excited to see if that, that does help their, not help their passing game, but make them need to throw the ball a little more, maybe to David Johnson. Cough, cough. Or Christian Kirk. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Speaking of passing. Are we going to get into our wide receiver rankings? Or catching, I guess. Can we get into our wide receiver rankings, please? I think we should do that. Let's get into our wide receivers. So Michelle and I actually statted out our 2019 wide receiver rankings. So these are all going to be PPR, uh, just because that's the best, obviously. Yeah. Uh, We want to talk about our biggest surprises. Yeah, so when we were ranking these, like, we, we have our ideas of what guys we like. We've done, I mean, we've done small rankings, like, you know. We've gone through our top 10, top 12, top 15, even top 20. But they're, they're, when you actually really look into it and you dig it, and that's what dug into it, and that's what we did recently and statted out all the wide receivers completely, there was a couple guys that we were really shocked that we were so high on or shocked. so low on. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We've got some mic drops for you today. Mic drops. Mic drops. Mic drops. These are actually some really interesting takes. So I would say for the most part, our rankings are pretty, pretty standard. Yeah. Right? I, I think they're not too outlandish, but these were our biggest surprises as we went through. Um, we've got a few that we actually agreed on. So we, we put our rankings up side by side. Um, these are the guys that we're actually in agreement on, although they're not the same exact draft posi- or the, they're not the same exact ranking. No, but we're both actually surprised at how high or low we had them so we'll talk about that and then we've got a little duel coming up too i'll i'll leave that though so we're gonna start off with it's fine uh we'll we'll get there in a moment uh dante pettis so um we've been actually sort of like trying to slow down the dante pettis hype train all off season but michelle has him as the wide receiver 17 i have him as the wide receiver 16 16 I actually really liked him most of this offseason, but I was surprised to see him as my wide receiver 17. I just thought that was a little high. I figured he'd be a a low-end wide receiver too, but more towards that 20 to 24 mark. 
Yeah. Being a wide receiver at 17, I was like, okay, okay. And I tried to see, like, if anything was messed up, should did I, you know, sat him out too high in certain areas, but I really just didn't. Who's his competition? Exactly. The wide receiver position, Garcon is gone. I know he wasn't much last year. Um, Goodwin can't stay healthy, and even when he is, he's really not competing for that wide receiver one spot. I know they they drafted a couple good wide receivers in the draft this year, Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd. Who they might convert over to tight end. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Debo Samuel, I get it. I get it. Everyone loves him. They even like him more he than Dante Pettis. He will not make an impact this year. He, even if he does. A small I impact. Yeah, even if he does, I don't think he will impact Pettis' stats. So, you know, everyone loves Samuel, but he was drafted in the second round just like Dante Pettis. Like, they were drafted eight spots different from each other. So using the whole draft capital argument, that's just not fair. And I think that can be thrown out. I mean, eight spots difference. You just need to look at the talent of the two. Um, I think Pettis really showed his talent right off the bat in the first game with Jimmy G. As a rookie. As a rookie. His very first game in the NFL with Jimmy G. Five targets, 61 yards, and one touchdown. I know that doesn't sound so crazy impressive, but as a rookie in your first game, that's pretty great. And we didn't get a whole, I mean, we didn't get a large sample size of Jimmy G. So we don't really know how he would be used with him, but that's a pretty good start there. Like I'm okay with taking the risk, knowing that at least he trusted him in the very first game with him. I like that. Oh, for sure. And then you look at the wide receiver core around him. Dante Pettis is basically like a, a seasoned vet at this point compared to what they actually have in their wide receiver core. For real. So he started off strong in the beginning of the season. He did have that left knee injury, um, the sprain that kept him out a few games. But then once he came back towards the end of the season, came back healthy, he had a really good showing, like even with Nick Mullins. So um, he had six. That's pretty impressive for anybody. Right? I mean, Nick Mullins was okay, but no, no quarterback that a wide receiver wants. But if you project him out just using his final six games, which I get isn't completely fair, but that's when he was the most healthy um, and he was used the most. So he had the most uh, snaps, like percentage snaps. If you projected those out for a full 16 games, he has 99 targets, almost 1,000 yards, and 11 touchdowns, okay? And that's his rookie year with Nick Mullins. Like, all those six games were with Nick Mullins. So if you upgrade him with Jimmy G and you think about him going into his sophomore season, not having... He should always have a sophomore season leap. Yes, exactly. And he doesn't have much competition at the wide receiver position, even with Debo Samuels coming in. At least this year, I think, until you... Again, rookie wide receivers can struggle, so... And I don't have him upgrading that much. Like, really, I don't. So I have him getting 112 targets. So, like I said, if you project him out for the 16 games before, it was 99 targets for last year. I have him now getting 112 targets, just over 1,000 yards, and nine touchdowns. I do think he's a tall guy that will be used in the red zone, in the red zone as well. I really like him for next year, and that's where those stats put him at wide receiver 17. And I couldn't figure out a way to change that, like... Honestly, he could totally get way more targets than that. That's just me being trying to be realistic. Yeah, I think you do need to temper your expectations because you don't you don't know what he's going to be like with Jimmy G. You saw a great game, but is that going to be sustained? You don't know. It could. Yeah. I mean, you do see flashes in the pants, so you do have to see how he actually looks. But I think I think tempering expectations is the way to go. But he's got monster upside, and I was shocked to see how high I actually had him. 
Um, next up, let's talk about Chris Godwin, another guy we've been pumping the brakes on all offseason. I thought he was being drafted way too high. He's been going in like the fifth round of Dynasty Startups. Um, Michelle, you have him at wide receiver 16. I have him at wide receiver 13. <laughs> I wish it's oh crazy to God. me that wide receiver 13 seems so high. And I have him at wide receiver 16. I'm I, sweating. And not just because it's 100 degrees <laughs> in here, but because, good Lord, Chris Godwin. I have Mike Evans as my wide receiver one. Yeah. And Chris Godwin is my wide receiver 13. So they're the next uh, Antonio Brown juju duo for you. They are. And I like it is scary. And you know what? Like Chris Godwin, he's he can play that like pepper target kind of guy. Mike Evans, he can also play that role. And you've got a Bruce Arians led offense. Last couple of years while he was head coach in uh, Arizona, his offense is ranked number three in passing attempts in 2016, number five in 2017. He is going to lead a successful passing offense. Jameis Winston is a good quarterback. He's got a great arm. He shows flashes, but he just can't rein it in. And I'm hoping that Bruce Arians should help him develop from that sort of standpoint. Yeah. And, you know, finesse sort of the, the things that need cleaned up on his end. He already had 95 targets last year. In his second year... With a lot of competition at the wide receiver position, 95 targets. Adam Humphreys is headed out of town. That's what I was just about to say. Adam Humphreys, 105 targets, gone. Boom. Deshaun Jackson, 74 targets, gone. Who did they really add in? I mean, that's why I really love O.J. Howard, because when he's healthy, he'll take some targets. But that's 179 targets just gone. And we all know Bruce Arians likes to pass. Jameis Winston will always have issues with interceptions, but they he like- sort of cleaned it up towards the end of last year after they basically threatened to sit his butt on the bench. Yeah, for Ryan Fitzpatrick, he did. He did clean up a little bit. We'll see what Arians can do with him in that area. And you know, he already had such a great year: ninety-five targets, eight hundred forty yards, seven touchdowns. The ball's going to have to go somewhere. They can't rely on the rushing game. Yeah, I, I don't see any progression. Like Peyton Barber has had his chance. Rojo's a, a decent sleeper candidate because of the fact that, well, he was barely active in 2018. But I, I don't think we can rely on him for this big running back breakout season. So, no, it's all about the pass cannot. for me. It's all about the pass and unless they trade for somebody, but even if they do. So, like I just said, there's 179 targets leaving. Chris Godwin had 95 last year. I'm only giving him 30 more targets out of those 175. I'm giving him 125 targets, which leads to 1,087 yards and eight touchdowns, which is only one more touchdown than last year without that, all that competition in the red zone. Super reasonable. Super reasonable. And that puts him as my wide receiver 16. And that is being really, really. Like chintzy. Yeah. Like really realistic and not over optimistic. I I don't know. Like I can totally see wide receiver 13. Like you said, it seems so high. It seems way. I I looked at that. I was like, where can I take stuff away? And I was like, what the... With the way that I look at a Bruce Arians-led offense, with the way that I look at the fact that they're still sort of rebuilding the defense, I don't think they have a strong enough defense to make it a, a rush-first offense. Um, they they only have the passing weapons there. So all in, Chris Godwin. Completely agree. And I didn't think I was going to be this high on him in the, 
I'm a little upset with myself, but you know, what? sometimes you just right have now. to admit that you weren't as high on a person as you should have been. And everyone else is right because I just don't see how we're wrong next year. Yeah. Okay. I never see how we're wrong, but that's. So those were our two guys that we were higher on than we thought. Do you want to discuss a guy that we were both lower on than we thought we would? Yeah, be? and this one's sad for me. I like because I like this guy, I like this player, but I don't like where he's being drafted in relation to where I think he's going to finish out. So exactly, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, <gasps> I'm with you. I'm sorry, guys. So I you have can him, hit unsubscribe. <laughs> I have him as my wide receiver, twenty eight. Pretty I have low. him as my wide receiver 25. All of my guys have been three spots higher than yours. I'm not sure what's going on. That's very weird, actually. Anyway, <laughs> um, Kenny Galladay, he only had five touchdowns last year. He was the main wide receiver. We saw Golden Tate leave. We saw Marvin Jones have a knee injury. Do you think I, I, he wasn't what we wanted him to be? We kind of thought that Golden Tate was going to open up that opportunity for him to be the wide receiver one. Do you think maybe he just wasn't ready for that spotlight? And he he was good. He was fine. I mean, if you go look at his stats, if you projected it out for the 16 games, he would come up with a good season, like a really good season. Nothing like special, special, but he was okay. But the issue was he was all alone and he wasn't like super dynamic. He wasn't elite. He wasn't winning people weeks. No, he was just, he was good, you know, and you almost, you want more from that. He only had five touchdowns the entire year, even though he had very little competition in that area. He's six, what? He's six, four. I think he's something like that. Six, three, six, four. Why is he not being used more in that area? They had nobody else there. Like, that's what concerns me. They were me. too busy giving it to LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, I guess so. But now you add in, <laughs> you add in Marvin Jones, a healthy Marvin Jones. You add in a healthy carry on Johnson, who I think will see a lot of targets and see a lot of red zone work, a lot CJ of goal line work. CJ, eh? yeah, CJ Anderson could st- steal some goal line work. And then TJ Hawkinson, like a big dude to be in the end zone to steal those targets away. I don't know. I don't see much room for him to grow. I think he had his chance last year to show us that he could be the focal point of an offense. He could be a wide receiver one um, in the NFL. And I just don't think he showed that last year. He's a wide receiver 21 in PPR. Um I think he needs a little bit more help maybe on the outside, draw some coverage, a good wide receiver too. Good, I mean. Fringe. Fringe, because we both have him right outside that wide receiver too. Mm. It wouldn't shock me if he made, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he was a wide receiver too. It's just, I, I don't know. Like I just said, he was the wide receiver 21 last year in PPR. I don't see a lot of room for growth. I actually see some like him going down a bit with everyone being added to the offense. So that's why I have him as a wide receiver 28 this year. Um, he definitely has more room to grow than that. I just, yeah. he's going too high for me. Yeah, I agree. And that's where I think we're going to, we're going to leave that one off. How about we, we get into the big guns here. We've been friendly up until this point, but I have a feeling it's going to get a little crazy up in here. Uh-oh. Are we about to rumble? I think we're going to rumble. Let's go! All right. Probably the biggest discrepancy in our rankings, and this one gives me palpitations because I'm about to be eaten alive on fantasy football Twitter. Oh, yeah, you are. Do you want to say you you say it? You okay. Say it. So can't. our debate right now is going to be about where we have Tyler Lockett. So 
I actually surprised myself. So this is, we're still talking about surprises here. I have him as my wide receiver 18. I did think people were too high on him. I thought I was going to have him lower this year, but everything that, you know, it's been surrounding the Seattle Seahawks right now, Lockett being the wide receiver one, I just couldn't figure out a way to get him lower than wide receiver 18. I think he's an easy wide receiver two, and I think he's right in the middle of the pack. Do you want to tell people where you have him at, Kate? Not particularly, no. Um, I have him as wide receiver 27, and I tried. I tried. So that's uh, nine That's nine, nine spots, spots lower. lower. I, I really tried to give him higher stats. All right. Can I start? I'm going to start off like in a defense mode here. Okay, you start off. Tyler Lockett, Mr. Wide Receiver 1 for the Seattle Seahawks. Doug Baldwin's left town. He's he's vacated a lot of targets, right? Last last year he had uh, 70-something targets, right? All of those should be going to Tyler Lockett, the new slot man for the Seattle Seahawks. Nobody said that. Uh, I don't know. Fantasy Twitter seems to be projecting him for all those targets. Anyway, can I read you off his target share? Go ahead. All right. Um, for his career... 69, 66, 71, 70. Could you be more consistent? Do they literally allocate him targets per game? And they're like, all right, Tyler, you you only get this many carries this game. And we will not throw to you if you're open. But they will get him just those few targets per game. Round six, that's fine. Um, but, you know, Doug Baldwin's gone, so that should give him more. Except that he had, what, 40 less targets last year because he, you know, wasn't healthy. He wasn't on the field as much. And yet, do you know how many of those targets, all those extra targets that Tyler Lockett saw? Negative one. He saw negative one of Doug Baldwin's extra target share last year. How do we, how do we suddenly give Tyler Lockett, and I know there have been talks of Tyler Lockett moving into the slot to replace Doug Baldwin. Fine. Do you really project him with the fact that his role has been so established in the offense and that sort of way that Russell Wilson uses him? Do you really project him to go over 95 targets? I have him as 100 targets. I have him getting 100 targets, which I do not think is crazy whatsoever for a wide receiver one that's very low. So it I have him low, getting 100 targets. You saw his consistency in all the years prior. I understand that. He didn't that, get any extra targets when Doug Baldwin was out of town. He's never been a wide receiver one. He's had issues staying healthy. Doug Baldwin's gone. That does leave 73 targets. They really haven't added. They didn't add a tight end that will be able to be used consistently. What about Will Disley? You know what? I'm still holding hope for that dude. We'll I see if he can come back. But I'm just saying, so they do have DK Metcalf, which I'm going to be high on as well. Because the ball has to go to somebody. Like, Russell Wilson is an awesome quarterback. And I know you believe that, too, because you love Russell Wilson. I do love Russell Wilson. So they just ran and ran and ran and ran and ran last year. So that might be why Lockett wasn't seeing more targets when Doug Baldwin was out. He, Russell Wilson only threw the ball 427 times in 2018. That is 120 less plus than any of the last two seasons. So 2017, 553 attempts. 2016, 546 attempts. He jumped all the way down to 427. I just don't think that they, they're they paying Russell Wilson a buttload of money. Like, they just extended him for a huge contract. He's a great quarterback. 
you're not going to have him throw the ball consistently 420 times. That's so low for a quarterback. I see that shooting at least back up to the 525s. So that's an additional now 173 targets to go around. It has to go to somebody. I do think DK Metcalf has a shot of being the most fantasy relevant rookie in 2019. I totally agree with you there, but he's not getting 175 targets. He's not, but I'm also, I'm not projecting Russell Wilson for quite as many targets as you are. Um, but when, let's go back to the stats. Okay. For Tyler Lockett, mm-hmm. 2018 was a statistical outlier in literally every way that we can assess. So previous three seasons, right? Same offense, same system, average 66% catch rate. 2018 suddenly jumps to 81.4% catch rate. Which one of those do you think he's going to be maintaining? I understand that he was hyper-efficient last year. and that's Hyper-efficient. Be- you have to project regression for that. I am. A hundred percent. He will not be as hyper-efficient. But I think the target volume is going to go way up, which is going to level out what he did last year. Last year, he was a wide receiver 16, or no, wide receiver 11 in standard and wide receiver 16 in PPR. So I'm not really making him any better next year. I'm actually showing he's going to regress a little bit. Previous three years averaged 13.2 yards per reception, suddenly jumped to 16.9 yards per reception 2018. It was a huge jump. I just don't, I do think he will have additional targets. I don't project him for uh, 125 targets. I've got him um, slated out for, let's see, um, 90 targets, 62 receptions, 930 yards, nine touchdowns. So I don't feel like that's terrible. What's crazy is that the difference between the 18 to 27, you know, and that's going to be in everyone's rankings. I have him for 100 targets, 73 receptions, 1,022 yards, and eight touchdowns. So we're not as far off as it may seem, honestly. Yeah, when it when it comes to projected stat line, I think it's just all the guys in between that maybe I like a little bit more. Yeah. You might have just below him. But, On, but honestly, my Tyler Lockett is like, that's kind of like his floor for me right now. Like, I really think that I am not high in Tyler Lockett. That's why I'm so surprised he's wide receiver 18. But how does a wide receiver one for Russell Wilson not get at least 100 targets? I agree with you that he should see 100 targets. I just don't understand how a wide receiver with such a well-chiseled role in that offense suddenly becomes the guy. Like there were there were extra targets floating around last year. His role did not change. Yeah. And Maybe I understand you move that. him into the slot. So I am projecting him for more targets than he had last year. I just even if you move him into the slot, 90 targets, say Doug Baldwin averaged around 110, I still think he sees less than Doug Baldwin because he's not that kind of receiver. But then we have to think that DK Metcalf is totally going to take over and get a ton of targets, like over 100 his rookie season, or you think David Moore can do it, or you really, I mean, maybe they get both running backs involved in the passing game. I don't know. A lot has to happen. They don't. Somebody has to step up in that offense unless we just think it's going to be a terrible offense. Somebody has to produce. I, I still project them as a run-first offense. I know they just gave Russell Wilson a monster contract. Um, Russell Wilson's an amazing quarterback, so you can't just rely on the running backs to carry the entire team. But Are you going to have Russell Wilson pretty low in your rankings then? Because if you don't think Tyler Lockett's going to produce, he doesn't have a tight end. DK Metcalf is a rookie. 
that has been inconsistent and injured most of his college career. How can you project Russell Wilson to do well? I mean, he he was also hyper-efficient last year as well. He absolutely was. And the issue with Russell Wilson last year as opposed to previous years was that he wasn't using his legs. And that gave him a much safer floor than you saw last year. Um, He always takes a little while to warm up. But I don't think this is Russell Wilson's year in fantasy. I'm not trying to take him super high. Um, I do think he's got a a load of potential DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I think they're very talented guys. I just don't project them changing their entire offense based on those two weapons. All right. I get it. I'm not excited. You know, if I'm in the draft and I'm taking Tyler Lockett, I'm not excited that I got him, but I think he's safe. I I do think he's safe. For reference, though, so 2017, when he, that, that was like the most average year for him. Um, same average targets, same average receptions, same average yards, 13.2 yards per reception. He was the wide wide receiver 57 in PPR formats. You know who went ahead of him? Ryan Grant. Okay. But he wasn't the main, he wasn't the main guy there. Did he play a full, full year? He did. Kendall Wright, Ted Ginn, Travis Benjamin, all finished ahead of Tyler Lockett in 2017. And he saw... Similar usage to what he saw in his first three seasons. He literally was the most consistent wide receiver I've ever seen in my life. And yet he finished only five spots ahead of Terrence Williams. You know what? Sometimes, Kate, sometimes. I can't move on. I can't. (laughs) Sometimes opportunity means everything. So in 2017, he wasn't starting every game. He only started about half the season. Snaps matter. He's going to see... I would guess at least 80% of the offensive snaps as he's the main wide receiver there. Opportunity matters. And I think that will jump him up for next year. And I don't think, I don't see his stats getting better. I actually just see them pretty much staying around the same, less touchdowns, maybe a hundred more yards total because of how hyper efficient he was last year. But like I said, he finishes the wide receiver 16 last year in PPR I am now as a wide receiver 18 just because of that volume increasing, even if he becomes a lot less efficient. Which I totally get. I I think that's a, a good spot to leave off. Yeah, we're going to have to put this Twitter poll. Say. Twitter poll. Oh, always. Uh, what, a do we, poll. what do we want to bet on it? We got to put a bet on this. So whoever wins this argument, which I know it's going to be Michelle because everybody loves Tyler Lockett so much. So I, I actually should just take the bet now um we're gonna chug a beer whoever loses whoever loses has a chug of beer on the next podcast right? yeah we'll all right. do that. we're gonna all listen to you struggle yeah. while i laugh i don't struggle uh, i can chug a beer don't question me but i do think it is time to get to the guy right the main event the main event uh if you've been listening to all of our jibber jabber it's probably only to listen to matt Harmon. so <laughs> i'm sure you. you fast forward <laughs> here anyway if you listen to us before matt Harmon, we thank you And without further ado, Matt Harmon, fantasy football analyst over at Yahoo Sports, creator of the Matt Harmon Reception Perception. What's going on, Matt? I think that's the first time anyone's used the Matt Harmon Reception Perception. So we're breaking new ground on this podcast already. Get your credit. Yeah, for right. For real. You're right. I should, I should, uh, all my lawyers should uh, now be on the phone with everyone. Uh, <laughs> That's to, trademark to now. Know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you today. We're, uh, we're having Matt on today to help us announce a really cool contest that we're going to be doing in the month of June. 
we want you to tag us in your sweaty selfies. I'm talking like gross sweat. I want to see you guys active. I'm going to be active too. Because despite all the time I spend in fantasy, I'm first and foremost a nurse who believes in the importance of staying active and trying our best to eat healthy, even though that's not always the easiest to do. And my first thought is Matt Harmon, because he's the guy that's done it. Matt, tell us about your story, because you've got a bit of a health transformation uh, story to tell us. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to even know where to start uh, with that. But yeah, uh, the full story is on my pin tweet right now. So if anyone wants to check it out, they can read that. Although I would I should say that that post is now almost almost three. I guess it's three years old now at this point. Um, Still worth the read. Yeah, yeah. I wrote it in May 2016. So it's three years old. Um, But, you know, it is. You're right. It's still still worth the read because it tells the full backstory. But it's a good reminder for me. Uh, that this is like an evolving process, you know, fitness and a lifestyle change. I always say like, I don't really go on diets. I don't really, I mean, I have certain workout plans or, or everything like that, but to me, it's just a full scale lifestyle change. And this is a good reminder of that revisiting that particular story. But yeah, I mean, the long and short of it, uh, growing up, I was always super overweight. Um, I peaked out at about 315 pounds and I was in college. Um, I'm a bigger guy. So, you know, I was like 6'3", 315. So I was a big person, uh, whatever. But it was incredibly unhealthy um, and in a really bad place from a mental health perspective too. Uh, and, you know, those two to me really are always tied together. I can't take one and separate it from the other. They're both crucial to my overall well-being now and also getting out into a better place at, at the start of this journey. So I really just did, I had a bottoming out moment of my life. You know, I, I kind of hit rock bottom for a while. And from there, I not only decided to kind of get myself right from a physical perspective, I decided to kind of, like I said, change my entire lifestyle. And, you know, I, I get asked all the time what was kind of the impetus for this? Like, what, why did you decide to do this? And, and and it's hard to say other than just, I really needed to give myself a reason to keep going. And this provided that reason. It provided something different. I needed to make a drastic change. And I ended up deciding to do it with my health. And, you know, now I've lost over a hundred pounds. Uh, and I definitely, yeah, well, thank, thank you. But I, it's, uh, I've gotten to a point in my life now where I'd never thought I, w- I would be before. So it's, it's been, it's been, I guess it's been almost six years now, something like that since I did this. And, um, I'm very happy. And how did you sort of make that, you know, turn all of this energy and motivation? How did you transform that into rocking, uh, your, your new fantasy football career? It's all about confidence, I think, right? Because for us to do any of this to even get on Twitter and like share an opinion, um, to much less do a podcast, much less like write an article and even more so like something I never thought I'd do, which is get on camera and be like a personality on air or whatever to do any of that. You have to have some degree of confidence in yourself. And I think by taking on this fitness journey and losing this weight and, and especially getting right from a mental perspective, that has given me a lot of confidence to operate in a career field that I could really only ever dream of back at the beginning. So 
I think it all it all comes back to self confidence, or belief in self, and also dedication and hard work. Because it, it's you breaking news. It's really hard to lose a hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, it's also really hard to make the sacrifices um, that come with being someone that's going to be a professional in this career field because it's just not normal. Like, right. It's not, it's not a job. Like we were joking beforehand that like, this is my nine to five job, but it's not a nine to five job. You know, it's, it's a, it's a very demanding job. It's a job that it's fun. I couldn't imagine doing anything else, but there's so much that goes into it that, you know, you have to really have a, a work ethic for it. And in addition to a passion for it. And I think that by, Going on this fitness journey and and, be, and finding a work ethic that way, it, it also really helps with the career field as well. How do you find time like to focus on your health? Uh, obviously, you're very busy. You're you're doing all kinds of coverage. You've got a lot of projects going on. How do you find the time to stay active, to eat healthy? Like when you're on the go, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it is really hard. Um, probably should sleep more, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have to sacrifice they, so many things in order to get it all right. So I, I know, and I think I, I, to be honest with you, I do think about that sometimes because you know I'm I'm consistently reading you know new things about okay how can I take kind of the next step in the fitness journey everything like that and everything that's always something that's always referenced is sleep and I'm like damn that is probably the one thing I I, I could stand to do a little bit better on um, now I, so really there are ways though to to save time uh, perfect example I've been working from home today and you know early in the morning. I threw four chicken breasts into the slow cooker and, you know, I have those now throughout the week. Um, could eat one at lunch and then I got, you know, I got food for, for the rest of the week. So that's one thing, like finding ways to, when you have a pocket of time, really prepare meals ahead of time. I mean, I know everybody talks about meal prep, but, you know, that's one thing also, you know, because there, there are so many times where I do need to unwind. I need to, you know, log off for a little bit. Um, cooking has really become a big outlet for that. Like I'll throw on a podcast or something, but I love to just dial off the internet, you know, not respond to emails for an hour, an hour and a half, whatever, and just cook. And, and that goes into the fitness part of it as well. That goes into the lifestyle part of it as well, because, you know, if you fall in love with cooking, you want to become better at it. You want to challenge yourself in new ways. And especially if you're trying to eat healthy, that can become a, a much more enjoyable experience than just, you know, trying to go out for food or whatever, something like that. So it, it is about trying to find those little pockets of time to, and wind things in together. So I'm very lucky and very fortunate that I do have a passion for cooking because it gets into, it, it, may, it makes time for, for that relaxation as well, because I find it to be a soothing experience. And also it provides me, you know, the, manner of time I need to, uh, kind of get things right from a health perspective. Um, but you know, it's also realizing too, and, and this is something I don't think everybody's good at and I'm not good at it all the time either. Um, you know, you can still be the best, uh, the best analyst in the business, which I don't think I am, <laughs> or I don't Stop even think it. I'm close, but, but you can, you can, you can be very, very good in this field. You could be the best and you don't have to work yourself to death. You know, you don't have to like, that's another thing too, is just realizing when you can stop, like, because there's always another game to watch. There's always another player to scout. There's always another set of data to look through like that. The information will never stop. It's it limitless. can consume. Yeah. It's limitless. Right. I mean, there's so much, there's so many different, which it makes this exciting. There's so many different ways 
to unpack this job and this, you know, the, the NFL, like that you, you could never stop if you really wanted to, but it is this realization that like, Hey, there are important things too. And like, I would rather get up at five thirty in the morning, you know, walk the dog, eat breakfast, go to the gym and get started, you know, at eight thirty nine o'clock at my job, as opposed to like, let me get in and start working right away. You know, like there's all, there will always be time. Well, I, I think now after hearing all that, we have to know what is Matt Harmon's special dish? <laughs> what is my special dish? Great question. Um, obviously I think Brussels sprouts, I've people that have followed me for a long time. know I'm big on the sprouts. I, I, I ran a stupid Twitter campaign a couple of years ago, uh, promoting I, every time somebody would send me a picture, much like your contest kind of in a way, except for me, for my people, there was no reward. There was just, uh, you're Brussels just sprouts. giving me, you're just giving me engagement. But every time somebody would tweet me a picture of Brussels sprouts, I would retweet every single one of them. That was the promise. <laughs> so, I, th- so was, and I think you can make an entire Twitter account just for retweeting pictures Brussels, of Brussels sprouts. Yeah. I mean, it, eventually it got so bad that I had to, like I had to literally stop. Like I had to put out a press, a fake press conference retirement video um, <laughs> because like I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't, it was, became too many pictures of Brussels sprouts and eventually it has to stop. So that's something I really like. Um, I'm big on, you know, good carbs too. So a good like quinoa salad. I'm very good. At, I think I'm very good at that. Um, I think sweet potatoes are something I'm, I'm very fond of making. That's a good carb for you, especially if you're trying to lift a little heavier and, you know, anything meat wise, you know, pork, steak, chicken, whatever. I'm a big fan of trying to get that right as well. All right. Well, we can't wait to have you over for dinner. Um, (laughs) As a reminder, in the month of June, we want you to post your sweaty selfies. And I, like I said, I'm talking like dripping disgustingness. If you're being active, we want to see it. If you're walking the dog, awesome. If you're going to a group workout, great. Take a picture after tag us all month of June. And those with the most sweaty selfies are going to be entered to win a Fitbit Versa light to help you be as active as possible this summer. So we want to see, uh, we want to see some, some sweat, some salt. Good active Twitter. Yeah. Uh, for, for those of you who also have been living under a rock, Matt Harmon is kind of the fantasy whisperer for wide receivers. Um, not that I'm trying to inflate your ego here. So, in the spirit of <laughs> dynasty draft season, we want to do a little game of rapid reaction. How do you feel about that? I'm always open for games. Okay, so we're just going to name off some wide receivers, and we, we want you to just say the first thing that comes to your mind as soon as you hear their okay. name. Okay. All right. Corey Davis. Hmm. Average. Yeah. He's been an, he's been an average player so far in the NFL, and um, – you know, A.J. Brown, I wouldn't be surprised if A.J. Brown leads that team in receiving yards this year because I think his skill set really meshes well with both those quarterbacks in Tennessee. Uh, because, by the way, you know, I would take the under on, you know, 16 games for Marcus Mariota this year as history has shown us. So from what you know about wide receivers, is it Davis or is it Mariota? Whose fault is it? I mean, here's the most important lesson that anybody can learn. Uh, and we I constantly need to relearn it about football. Uh, hashtag both things can be true. Um, in this case, I think that Mariota definitely is not taking the steps that he would, he needs to, you know, to be like a true quote unquote franchise quarterback. Like, I don't think the Titans should be thinking about investing in him long-term, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins site money at this point, unless he shows out really well this year. So Mariota is definitely part of the problem. 
Um, but so far, Dave, you know, Davis's rookie year, it was easy to write off because he got injured very early on, and that's a huge problem for wide receivers. Um, I mean, just the fact that Davis has been an average starter is fine. He just hasn't, he just hasn't to the point become like a player worth the fifth overall pick. So I, he's not a bad wide receiver at all. He's just, he just hasn't taken that next step yet. And year three could certainly be that. So I'm not, I'm not ruling that out as well. Okay. Our next one was Keelan Cole. Oh, what happened? I mean, the greatest disappearance of all time. <laughs> I was just I was just the other day watching that Jaguars um was it week two or week three last year where the it was week two when they that just when catch. they beat the Patriots. Yes. He had like an Odell Beckham type catch and he was never to be heard from again. And that was after a solid rookie year and and a good off season of progress. So that one remains a great mystery to me. I know he had a lot of drops and maybe they just got in his head, lost confidence. Who knows? But that one was disappointing to see. Cortland Sutton. Not as good as his teammate. I think Deshaun Hamilton's a better receiver. Ooh, not Tim Patrick. No, no, not Tim Patrick. <laughs> um, but yet Hamilton's a player I really like. I mean, he's a guy you can get like outside of the top 100 picks right now. So what's you wrong know, with I Sutton? Nothing. I mean, there's not. There's nothing wrong with Sutton. I think that he's a good vertical threat. I think he's. I think actually, I was, I was a little. He's a little bit ahead of the curve last year in terms of what I thought he'd be from from a year one perspective, and that was kind of, you know, by, you know, it wasn't necessarily by design because I don't think they intended to trade Demarius Thomas early on in the in the season. But Sutton played well as a rookie. I think he's a good player. I just prefer Hamilton. I think I he's the his type of. Game, you know, great route running, separation, good hands. That to me, I just, I just like more than a player than Sutton. But that, that's not to say that Sutton's a bad player or anything like that. I'll always take the value pick there. Um, yeah. How about Curtis Samuel? Oh, I love Curtis Samuel. <laughs> I'm really, he's my favorite value pick right yes. now among wide receivers. He's mine too, um, and I need you not to say that because I need to be able to buy don't him. Don't you dare put that in the I ultimate draft below. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if he's listen if he's available if he's in the fantasy footballers top 50 i'm contractually obligated to oh, to Matt, chart him and put there. his information oh, in there we lost you again Matt. I, yeah I'm, I'm still here what's Matt, up and we lost you again i'm sorry talk about curtis okay Samuel I, again sorry we lost you right when i, I said can start that over curtis Samuel. yeah go ahead no worries Listen, if he's in the fantasy footballers top 50 wide receivers, I'm contractually obligated to chart him and put his data in the draft kit. And huh. I got to tell you, even if he's not, I think he's going to be one of my extras. So I, I'm, I'm really excited about love him. It. I, I think he's, he's, he's definitely a very, a very underrated player. Right, yes. How about Deontay we're, we're Johnson? Totally Oh, uh, unexpected. I didn't expect him to go that high. I think he's a nice sleeper. Um, I know everybody trusts the Steelers. Um, with their wide receivers, but I, I don't know. I mean, he's got big shoes to fill, you know, that's uh, he's going to, I think he's going to have a big year one role though. Um, I, I still prefer James Washington though. I still have a little, I still have a little candle lit for James Washington from last year. Cool. I do too. So who do you think will be uh, the best rookie this year? Wide receiver. Most productive. Hmm. Most productive, yeah, because those are those are two different questions. Yes. To me, I I think AJ Brown's going to be the best rookie this year, but I I don't think he's going to be the most productive. Um, I think I think Nikhil Harry's the favorite because of the landing spot, because of the need they had, and with Nikhil Harry too. If he had gone to a team, you know, that I thought was going to run him out as the X receiver, and you know, ask him to do something that I think is outside of 
his best fit, I would have been really worried. But I trust New England too because they're not. They have openly admitted they're not great at evaluating wide receiver talent, but what they're good at evaluating is wide receiver fit. You know, they've been able to get veterans like Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan, Brandon Cooks, and put them right into their program into a very hyper specific role. And I think Nikhil Harry needs that. And I think because of that, I'm I'm very happy with the landing spot that he's in. You know, beyond the obvious of just he gets to play with a great quarterback. So I think Nikhil Harry's the favorite, but I wouldn't rule out DK Metcalf either, especially if especially if Doug Baldwin does in fact retire, which it sounds like he will. I think it's such such a great fit for DK. And also I talked to him the day before the draft, and I'll just say this. He that was not a player that was expecting to fall that far. I mean, I think this is something that was really, you know, it's always tough to get into the players' heads, you know, play armchair psychologist. But I, I do think that this is something that's definitely going to motivate him. And it's also, by the way, just a perfect landing spot in terms of his skills to Russell Wilson. So I wouldn't rule out him as yeah, well. Yeah, I love that landing spot for DK. And I literally just, don't think I could have picked a place that I would like more, especially with the fact that, that Russell Wilson's been extended. I love the fit. He's so accurate. He can just drop the ball right into his hands. And as a Steelers fan, I'm really hoping Harry is a uh... – not the most productive rookie this year. <laughs> okay, and then who do you have as your 2019 bust for your last question? Ooh, 2019 bust. I don't know that I have a good 2019 bust yet because to be like to be honest with you, you know, it's so early, uh all the ADPs and stuff like that. It's like nothing stands out as a screaming bust, although I will say in terms of if you want to go off the wide receiver script for a little bit, and we can talk about uh, the running back position. I would just be a little careful about uh, David Montgomery, the Bears rookie running back. I like David Montgomery a lot because, I mean, what's not to like about the landing spot? You know, there was a clear need. They also traded up for him, so clearly they value him. Um, so there, there is all that. But, however, I would just say Tariq Cohen is going to play a role. You know, this is might be a guy that they want to be a 30-catch player, but he's not necessarily going to catch 50 balls or something like that. And if Mike Davis still fits into the mix, this could end up being a committee. And also, with you know, I always want to attach my running backs to good offenses, and I think the Bears have a good offensive ecosystem with the receiving talent and their head coach slash play caller. But – I think we all got to be a tiny, tiny, tiny bit worried about the quarterback. Not, not well, like you know, you're gonna have freaking Bears out. But fan base coming at you. Yeah, be careful. Listen, <laughs> I'm a former lifelong Bears fan in 2018. So if 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 they want to talk about it, we can talk about it. But I think you can at least be a tiny bit worried. Kate just ranked them what seven and nine. You just put them record at seven oh, and nine. Yeah. She heard it on Twitter just a little bit. So just a little bit. Oh wow. Yeah. I, I I see some regression, but I I love. I love Montgomery as a player, but I I always think that when you have a smart coach, you're you're sometimes going to be in trouble from a fantasy perspective because they're not going to do everything that you want them to do and everything you expect them to do. Montgomery could totally be the penny of this year. He could. Michelle's all on penny. Yeah, there's just so many there's just so many good running back options too. I mean, the, when he got drafted, uh, Liz Loza and I did a, a live hit that day, and you know we were like, "Yeah, he could be running back fourteen, running back 15. And then I went and looked at it afterwards. I'm like, "Oh wow, running back like fourteen, fifteen. That's like Marlon Mack, Leonard Fournette, you know, Sony Michelle, Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Aaron Jones. After that, like, I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to push him up yeah, that I high anymore. You know, running back twenty three. That's like Carry On Johnson territory. Um, I, I like yes. I like your yeah. thoughts towards running back. I wasn't expecting running back talk today. I was like, <laughs> caught, up, caught me off guard, Matt. 
Um, you've got a new hey, listen, mini series uh, podcast called Rookie Orientation starting up May 20th. Tell us what you're doing. Yeah. So, you know, let's be honest. And I'm saying this on a podcast. So, you know, all all irony dripped in. <laughs> everybody has a podcast, right? We do. Um, everybody has a pod. Yeah, every, everyone has a podcast. And a lot of it, you know, especially in sports and fan, like fantasy is so crowded, right? There's just so many good podcasts out there to listen to. Um, I wanted to do something a little bit different uh, because if you're going to, again, talk about reception perception, I wanted to do something different to start that. And the same thing in this podcast space, like I don't want to just be doing what everybody else is doing. So I really am going to take in, these interviews with some of these great draft analysts, sometimes actually talk to the players themselves and splice it into like almost like an NPR serial type podcast, right? Where, you know, it's not just two people talking back and forth. It's like a grand story about the player's skill set um, and, you know, how that might now fit into the NFL as they head into the rookie year. So we're talking the top, you know, quote unquote, top 15 rookies. It's just 15 guys that we expected to be relevant before the draft. Um, so it's a mix, too, of defensive players, offensive players, quarterbacks, wide receivers, um, one running back. So it, it's a uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I've gotten to talk to a lot of great people already, and I think people are really going to enjoy this again because it is something a little bit different. Can you tell us uh, tell us your favorite player episode? So we can we can know to uh, to look out for it. Yeah, uh, I think my favorite player episode right now is Quinn and Williams because wow. there are a few, like I said there are a few player there are a few players that I got to talk to before the draft and Quinn and Williams was one of them and you know you don't want to always buy into the player because you just who knows you don't know these guys you know like that's another thing too like it's it's one thing to get caught up in a player because you like them from an on-field perspective. And, you know, I get to meet and talk to some of these guys. And even then you still don't know them fully as human beings, even if you come away um, with a great impression. However, I will say hard to not fall in love with Quinn and Williams, (laughs) just such a, such a good dude, such a a guy with a great backstory that makes you want to root for him too. Um, Got to dive in with that, to that with him. So he's, you know, his, his phone call audio that I had with him is on the, is on the episode. Also just, you know, talking to people about him, it just goes to show you like, wow, this guy is really clean, really safe player. Um, you know, that's why I thought he was best player in the draft because he's so safe. So he's a fun one. And, you know, getting to mix a little bit of that off field uh, with the on field uh, part of it was fun for that episode. I think it's kind of nice to put actual personalities and put actual heart into some of the discussion about these players. Cause I think sometimes fantasy can sort of, take away from from the fact that these guys are human beings and they're yes um, you know they're they're real people with real families go figure <laughs> i i'm really excited yeah and just them. just a note on that just a note on that too like i agree with you that is something that getting to meet these guys is especially like on especially during the draft too because this is such a pivotal moment of their lives you know like we could all like we all sat there the, the night of the draft and slammed the Raiders picking Cleveland Farrell at number four. And you listen, was I out there making memes? Yes. <laughs> of course. OK, it is what it is. However, you see the guy on the broadcast and he gets emotional and like, you know, breaks down and and just what a like what an incredible surprise and treat this is for his in in his life about the thing he's dreamed of for for years and years. It's hard to then, you know 
be such a jerk about um, some some of the things like you said, like lack that humanity. And it, it's always fun when you get to run it because some guy, look, some guys you talk to aren't great. That you know, that's that's a fact. However, you know, I talked to Derrick Henry the day before the draft or the day the day of the second round of the draft, and I came away. And I've always liked Derrick Henry as a player, but it came away from that conversation. I'm like, oh my god, this is the nicest player I've ever talked to. Like for, in terms of NFL guys, this is a nice player I've ever talked to. And and like now, I'll just I always have like an extra appreciation for him. So it's it's fun to it's fun to remember that these are human beings. Um, you, you keep it in context because, like I said, you don't we don't normally know these guys. Um, I don't have a relationship with every single player, so. But it's fun to it's fun to get to know them and view them more as human beings. So I think it's just it's good for all of us fantasy players because what we are doing, as you're right, is essentially like turning them into commodities. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, literally, our some of our checks rest on these on these guys. So man, when they don't win you that fantasy week, they're in trouble. Um, I I do love your bit about Derrick Henry though. I gotta say, after his like big game last season, when um, what was it, five touchdowns uh, and. You know, the entire crowd was just chanting Derrick Henry and he's trying to give Dion Lewis a carry at the goal line. And he's like, put put in Dion like I'm trying to share my love. And like he was so modest about the whole situation. I love Derrick Henry. Yeah, he seemed like a really good guy then. Yeah, that was I, nice. I'm yeah. glad to hear that from your perspective. All right. Well, we won't keep you much longer. We've we've chatted off your your eardrums enough. Um, be sure to follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Check out his new podcast, Rookie Orientation, on Apple and Spotify. Check out his work with the fantasy footballers. He's got Reception Perception and the Ultimate Draft Kit. So check that out. Uh, We thank you for your time, and see you later. Yeah, great talking to you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That is our show for today. But before we head out, I want to give a shout-out to the group that has made this podcast possible. Are you looking for a deeper fantasy experience at CBS, ESPN, and Yahoo cannot afford to provide? Fantrax.com offers a variety of unique features that the big conglomerates don't. League customizations include fully customizable salary and contract options, cap hit penalties, custom point ranges for all sports, 200 teams per league. You can even start your draft 365 days per year. So say it with me. If you are not playing your leagues over at Fantrax.com, you are doing it wrong. We appreciate your time and support. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to Matt Harmon for being such a beast at what he does and sharing his time with us. That is our show for today. And we will see you next week. Don't forget to hit that subscribe. Subscribe.